Hey guys! Hey guys! Welcome to <laughs> Half Torah with Eliana and Abigail. But I'm Abigail and I'm Eliana, and uh, we're your hosts for today for our yeah. number fifty-one episode. Wow! Oh we know y'all are ready. This is over a century of episodes. If you listened to one a year, no. It's not over yeah. a century. Oh, no, half a century. <laughs> I can't think right now. Too much school, and my body doesn't even work. So we're just not functional anymore. Uh, if your body doesn't work, that can mean so many things. Everyone, send a quick prayer up for Eliana. Eliana it's just that I'm double. clumsy. She... It's I'm clumsy, and my dog is too strong. <laughs> <laughs> I know, really, really feel, feel good. I hope you are in less yeah. pain soon. Amen. Everyone say amen. Amen. Good job. True. The yeah. amen rings from throughout the world. That's right. Koran's gonna write you a little, a little dedication and be like, "I would cry." Yeah, that I mean, would be beautiful. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. They'd be like seventy-five percent off plus. Also, prayer for Eliana Rubin. Yeah, like with every purchase, you're praying for Eliana. With every purchase, we're gonna donate. Five check to the Violiana some new angles foundation. Okay. I'm <laughs> oh my god, remember how like the other week we were literally talking about different like limbs or like organs and like transplanting them from like a dead person? Oh yeah. <laughs> Buy Eliana like, some new oh. angles. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, guys, you gotta be listening to all the episodes to understand. Get get it. Just like get it. Get on For real. Angle. Get into it, guys. Get into it. Yes. Um, so anyways, the reason you're all here is probably so that you could hear something about the half Torah. Though we did yeah. warn you with the title that it's half Torah. Like, I'm really, like, why do we play as if, like, we're supposed to be doing Torah the whole time? It's literally called half Torah. True. Yeah, guys, you knew what you were getting into. It's half Torah because half the time we're reading this book and the other half of the time we're talking shtus. That's right. Talking shtus. Best thing ever, honestly. Agree. Though it's all like stemming from Torah, I think it's all True. basing it off of it. Like, okay, I can't really see that. That's such a lie. Most a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it. So, like, is it really shtus? I don't know. It's like semi shtus. It's half half shtus. Oh my god, half shtus for half Torah is perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So then it's like a quarter, not Torah. It's it's really three fourths Torah. Not half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, welcome to the episode where we define our title. Um, it only took us 51. 51, oh my god. I feel so old saying that, even though it's been less than a year. Um, oh my gosh, Let next week, technically, even though like we have whack scheduling, like we did two per week, some weeks, and like whatever, technically that's a year of episodes. That's true. If we listen to one that's every crazy. week, that's insane wow Kolokovo to us we really deserve so much yeah. we should throw a we party we really do like honestly I'm not even kidding except uh, we need to be around each other we should have a party that would be so I exciting know. I really am trying to come to Israel for the summer well I'm probably going to be in America in the summer so good job well leave a little late oh well <laughs> we'll see stay for a little while We'll see what the state of our nation is in. Oh, yeah. Uh, both of them, true. honestly. 
Guys, True. you just can't win. You just can't win in the world right now. Um, We're back. Anyways, right. So, so, so why are we here? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> in a non-existential sense. We are oh, here God. to read from from within the tent we have to wrote essays on the week we have to are reading from the rabbis and professors of Yeshiva University published by Maggot which is a division of Koren that was beautiful I shed a tear oh. I shed a tear oh my god thank you I appreciate it <laughs> you're so welcome it's <laughs> um, my big compliment of the week Oh my god, yeah, I'll shed um, as many tears for you as you want. You deserve all those tear compliments. Oh, I appreciate it. You're so That's awesome. very sweet. <laughs> um, Eliana, <laughs> what, what Parsha is it? Um, Toldo. Yeah, so like... We're getting further and further away from my man Noah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Wait. that. I legit knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, it's bad. Guys, I have this real issue where I just think that, like, Yitzchak is a shell of a person. Yaakov is Ishtam. He's not even Ishtzadik. And Avraham was, like, a liar. And then Rivka was from his family, and she straight up lied and, like, deceived her own husband. And, like, why am I just seeing all these characters as villains? I think it's because I've grown up looking at them as, like, wow and now i'm like yeah no it's not good it's not good that they really teach us they're like these are the perfect perfect people because then once you find out that they're flawed and actually human we're like so they're not like i'm like so you're not great i'm like wow it makes me feel so much better about myself but also that makes me into an even worse person i think like literally kfiras 101 guys welcome to the kofar party let's go But we're almost to, like, the icons, like, the real icons. Like, I, first of all, Stan Yosef, Stan Yosef in this house. I really like that guy. He's, like, honestly, if I could meet any of the, um, like, not any, any of the characters, maybe any of the mains from Brashy, I feel like Yosef would be high up there. Feels. Honestly, I totally agree with you. Yeah. But also, we have to see which episodes we already did, because we did some of them. I think yeah. we're almost up. Well, well, they're going to listen to this in a cycle. so they're gonna Oh, to yeah. Episode. Guys, we went in a whack order <laughs> for the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm also kind of like, first of all, I never liked Yaakov. That's like maybe Kfira. I don't know. I don't like Yaakov whatsoever. I can, I've had rants on why he's like, honestly, just like you said, like, first of all, not a tzaddik, I don't think. Like, that's all in the, what's it called? That's not in the shot that he, like, yanked his mom to, like, the shul in the womb, right? That's, like, a commentary. Oh, yeah, that's commentary. And then, like, what? What, he studied all day? But then he also lied to his dad on his deathbed when he was, like, blind. Yeah, no, but that was all Rivka's doing. Like, Rivka was the one... But he went along with it. No, but Yaakov was literally like, I don't want to do it. He's not... He's going to know that I'm I'm deceiving him. He literally says that. And then Rivka... He didn't say, say, no, we shouldn't because he's my dad and I respect him. Yeah, but like... Yeah, but he's trying... Okay, no, so I would defend him for that because I'm like, he has to choose a parent and like Rivka's being like, you gotta do this and I'll take the blame. Don't worry, just do it. And like, either he's going to say... Like, either he's going to be bad to his mom or he's going to be bad to his dad and like, I don't know. Yeah, but be bad to your mom if she's telling you to lie to your sad dad. Yeah, I guess you're right. 
I don't yeah, know, but yeah, fine, yeah. fine. Even no, because the thing is, I just think it's like Rifka's fault. It's not like his fault, but yeah. Fine, fine. But even if we put that solely on Rifka, which like I think there's an argument that they're both they both suck hard in this situation. Like, what does he do beyond that? Like, what does he do? Like, first of all, he does a bunch of neutral things, like work for load and like whatever. Like, fine, that's not like Sadiq, but that's like whatever, making a living. And then he literally like is a bad dad and bad husband to most of his wives and i don't know we all stand this is who we stand in this i have to like reread it like when we get up to it i'll be like okay because i'm not like well versed enough in it right now i'm like so involved in yitzhak and how like i just think he had probably major ptsd and like wasn't even a person anymore he literally he just like went along with society and did exactly what was expected of him because he couldn't think for himself i think but that's one that I feel like it's so sad because, like, with the whole narrative of, like, Hashem telling Abraham to do this and then Abraham doing it so blindly and that's, like, supposed to be kind of, um, like, that's supposed to be, we're supposed to, like, be like, oh, my God, Abraham's so amazing for that. But, like, then you see the ap- the whole aftermath is that it ruined Yitzchak. Like, yeah. he, like you said, like, he had PTSD. He can't think for himself. He, like, literally has no role except for, like, getting tricked in the future. Yeah, like, I mean, so sad. he like, has like the whole thing with like Avi Melech, which is so underrated, and I didn't even realize. Like, I don't even which know. Part if, like, is that? I don't know. Like, Avi Melech comes and uh, well, he like lies Avi Melech about like he's literally okay. Here's the thing: I think he's like copying society slash whatever he knows only. Like, his dad lied to Avi Melech right with like Sarah twice, and then yeah. he goes with Rivka and lies to Avi Melech about her being his sister he does exactly exactly he just replicates and then then he's like living amongst them or whatever and then Abimelech's like you gotta go and then he's like like I don't even know we kind of stand Abimelech also in this house I totally stand Abimelech who did nothing wrong (laughs) yeah like apparently it was like so like societal like whatever but Abimelech like He's not actually a bad person. All these people who are seen to be like he could villains have had these people killed. They're like, not villains like, in the shot. You guys are straight up liars. Exactly. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, he had to lie because otherwise he'd be killed." Yeah, well, he's lying to the king. He can be killed for that too. Like, "No oh my god, yeah, just so, don't go to and him." Then like, just like, "Bro, go on your way. I'm over it with you people lying to me." Like, there's a lot of lies. I feel like a big theme in um Brayshit is like Sometimes lying is okay. Absolutely. I was actually thinking about that. I was like, is it, like, good for, like, the sake of Shalom Bayit? Like, no, it didn't cause Shalom Bayit, though. That's what I was thinking about, like, with Rivka. Because I was like, you literally tore this family apart. Like, I don't know. True. Oh, my God. And then, like, then we get into my other issue of, like, commentators. And, like, like, my half issue from that is, like, schools not really differentiating between commentaries and shot. Like, when, when we're growing up. Because then they have to work so the commentators have to work so hard to make the um, the vote and like the mains like so like redeemable and like everything they did was fine like like when I'm I know this is in the future but like when Yaakov and Asab reconcile I remember learning that he tried to bite Yaakov in the neck yeah. and kill him and Yaakov's neck turned into stone and I was like oh man Asab's so evil and God loves Yaakov like that's beautiful. But, <laughs> Yeah. But what? That didn't happen. They reconciled because Aesop was the bigger person who was like, okay, you totally did that to me. And I was really pissed. And like, yeah, I was really mad, obviously. And I was going to kill you, which was like overkill. But I'm not oh, going well. to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bigger person right now. You're so I right. Ugh. 
No, also, yeah, exactly, with the reconciling thing, and then we'll get started, because, you know, it's only been, um, 11, 12 minutes, okay, it's been 12 minutes, but, um, Radak, I was actually just reading this, um, he says that Rivka, when, when Rivka's like, yo, Yaakov, I just heard your father saying, telling Asa to do all this stuff, she says, he, she added, like, like, the god's name and everything to make it seem like, this is like super serious and to try to get Yaakov to do it. So she literally lied and invoked God's name to try to persuade Yaakov to like do it. And I'm just like, what? Like even used, like what? What? It's not what? the move. And, and, but, it's but, like but, the whole thing. Like I've heard so many commentaries that are like, yo, the women in Laban's family, like they're all liars too. Like it's like, you're not wrong. Like they all been lying. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So oh, those are our Imahot. And these are our vote. Okay. All right, chill. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, then. Uh. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Eliana, um, kick us off on this uh, lovely Devar Torah. All right, happy to. So this one is by Rabbi Chaim Angel, and it's Hafsharat Toldot, for he is the messenger of God. It's Malachi. Yep. How do you, Malachi? Yeah, Malachi. Malachi's prophecies to a despairing people. And we start with a question. The last prophet? <laughs> was, Malachi, was Malachi Israel's last prophet? The official answer in many traditional sources is yes. See Tosef de Sota, Yoma, Sanhedrin. Um, however, there are three considerations that require further examination. The fact that Malachi is positioned last in trip in Tresar, um, does not prove that the book's historical time period is later than all the other books in the Navi. In Navi. Um, Tresar is not necessarily arranged in chronological order, and Malachi may have been placed last by the men of the Great Assembly, see Bababatra 15a, for literary thematic reasons. Our commentators explore the issue um, based on textual evidence, based on textual evidence. Ibn Ezra on Malachi 1.1, Quotes an anonymous commentator who believes who believed that Malachi um, is the is the Assyrian period at least two centuries before Haggai and Zechariah. The book's opening verse states that Malachi prophecy to Yisrael Malachi one one, um, and that term often refers to the northern kingdom of Israel, which was exiled by the Assyrians in seven twenty two BCE. Interesting. Interesting. I'm liking this. This is like so up my alley. This is so Amudim also. Like, they would walk us through the museum being like, look, <laughs> yes. that's from that time period. Yes, you're so, oh, oh my god, yes, vibes, <laughs> vibes. Ibn Ezra and later commentators reject this claim on the grounds that Edom functioned as a nation until after the destruction of the first temple, whereas Malachi's opening prophecy is predicated on the historical reality that Edom has been destroyed. Um, Yisrael in one one can refer to Jews from the southern kingdom, and Ibn Ezra cites examples to support this claim. Radak, Abarbanel, and Mordechai Zerkavod, the Dot Mikra, adduce evidence that Malachi in all likelihood was the last prophet in Treasar. Unlike Chagai and Zechariah, Malachi presupposes a temple already standing. Since Edom existed as a nation at least until the destruction of the first temple, Malachi must have prophesied when the second temple already was complete. Um, so what how does how does the fact that Edom was during the first temple um. Mm, oh, oh, because he's he's saying that Adam has been destroyed. Oh, okay, I hop, I hop. 
Got it. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what that was. Okay. Moreover, Malachi battled against intermarriage, as did Ezra and Nehemiah. Nehemiah enacted a covenant for people to observe Ma'asarot. Uh, okay. And Malachi similarly criticized the Jews' laxity in tithing. Oh, Ma'asar. Got it. Finally. Yeah, same. I was like, Ma'asarot, are we not going to see what that is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finally, Malachi does not mention the, um, the Davidic kingdom possibly indicating that there no longer was such a kingdom or even a promising descent descendant from um, such as Zerubbabel well it cannot be proven that Malachi was the last of Treasar it appears likely that he was even if Malachi was the last prophet mentioned in Tanakh perhaps there were other prophets after him who did not compose canonical books there is no categorical statement in prophetic literature declaring that prophecy formally ended that it's compare that is comparable to the Torah's assertion of Moshe's unsurpassed prophecy. The lack of prophetic books after Malachi does not prove that prophecy itself stopped. Um, because of the lack of any empirical evidence, we must rely on rabbinic tradition that prophecy ceased with Malachi. We, we must also ask if Malachi was the prophet's first name or an um, appellative? Appellative? I guess appellative, yeah. <laughs> um, the name, that name is unique in Tanakh and means my messenger. However, God did not dictate the book's uh, superscription. Furthermore, Malachi 3.1 uses the term Malachi, likely um, referring to some messenger that God will send to redeem Israel in the distant future. Although the majority view posits that Malachi was the first name of the prophet, there are minority views that identify with uh, that identify him with other known figures. In Megillah 15a, there is an attempt to identify Malachi with Mordecai and then with Ezra. The Targum also refers to our prophet as Ezra. Um, in the Septuagint, right? That's yep. how you say it? Um, the first verse reads the Greek equivalent of Bayad Malacho, in the hand of God's messenger. These minority views notwithstanding, Tosefta Sota uh, 13.3, Sanhedrin 11a, Yoma 9b, and nearly all later commentators assume that the prophet's name was Malachi. See, that's what, like, I think his name was Malachi because that's his name. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but but Malachi, yeah, but the fact that if, if the Septuagint says, like, Malacho, like, the fact that he was, like, the the messenger, unless that was, also, that was his name, that's just how they translated it. Um... But I find that so interesting. I love that. Yeah. I don't know. I like I like the, like, mention of it, but then stuff like that where they're like, oh, my God, but, like, Mordecai and Ezra and whatever. I'm like, you're... Come on. Like, I feel... Like, it's a different person. We can let it be a different person. It doesn't have to be complicated. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Overview of Malachi. Likely living a generation or two earlier than Malachi, Haggai and Zechariah envisioned a great state of potential for their generation. There was hope for Zerubbabel to be the redeemer and for God's presence to be fully manifest. Unfortunately, these visions of hope were not fully realized as a consequence of the spiritual failure of the people. Brachot 4a. Two leading rabbinic explanations for the unfulfilled prophetic potential are the fact that most Jews failed to return to Israel when given the opportunity. Yoma 9b, Kuzari 2.24. Um, or assimilation and intermarriage uh, and a bunch of other sources. Um, Malachi responded to a grim reality. The people were poor, Judea was a tiny vassal state in a mighty Persian empire, and most Jews remained in exile. There did not appear to be any res um, respite from their downtrodden state, and there no longer was a Davidic figure such as Zerubbabel to inspire hope for a renewed monarchy. Despair from political and economic suffering con um, contributed to feelings of rejection from God. 
The priesthood was corrupt and brought inferior offerings. People intermarried for upward social mobility and because they felt that Israel no longer had a special role in history. People cut corners in tithing. Even God-fearing people were losing hope and wondering why they should remain righteous when they continue to suffer, whereas those who betray the Torah become wealthier. God and Malachi needed to respond, and did, emphasizing that while it is true that God's presence was not overly manifest, God still watches and cares for his nation. Israel's very existence is a tribute to God's love of Israel. Jews should be faithful to the Torah to preserve their identity and hope for future. In a distant future, all the wrongs will be righted and redemption will come. These are very sobering responses, especially when contrasted with the imminent messianic optimism of Haggai and Zechariah. Um, Israel's survival proves God's love. Malachi structured in a dialogue of um, catechetical format. Um, Rashi, Radak, Rabbi Eliezer of Bujensi, and Mordechai, Zerkavod, um, explain that these are not transcripts of dialogue between the prophet and his people. Rather, it is a rhetorical device that reflects the sentiments of the people. I have shown you love, said the Lord, but you ask, how have you shown us love? After all, declares the Lord, Esau is Yaakov's brother, yet I have accepted Yaakov and rejected Esau. I have made his hills a desolation, his territory a home for beasts of the desert. If Edom thinks, thou crush, we can build the ruins again. Thus says the Lord of hosts, they may build, but I will tear down. And so they shall be known as the region of wickedness and people damned forever um, of the Lord. Your eyes shall behold it and you shall declare, great is the Lord beyond the borders of Israel. Malachi um, 1, Sukkim 2-5. to Israel felt rejected by God. God responds that unlike Edom that had been permanently destroyed, Israel was rebuilt and lived on. Uh, Malachi's message is sim similar to the Talmudic understanding of why the men of the great assembly were called great. They understood that God could be called awesome even when Israel is downtrodden in exile since Israel's very survival is miraculous. God performs awesome deeds since, um, since we're not for the fear of him, how could one nation persist among nations? Yo Yoma 69b. Corruption of the Priesthood and Esau. The primary section of the Haftorah is a lengthy con come, oh my gosh, condemnation of the corrupt priesthood. Rather than living up to God's covenant with the, um, with the tribe of Levi, they, led, they lead Israel away from God. They also do not appear to realize that they are disgracing God. A son should honor his father and a slave his master. Now if I am a father, where is the honor due me? And if I am a master, where is the reverence to me? Said the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who scorn my name, Boze Shemi. Uh, Boze Okay, yeah. Um, but you ask, how have we scorned your name? Malachi 1.6. Malachi condemns the priests who bring defective offerings and do not consider their actions a form of wrongdoing. Perhaps they rationalized by saying that the people were poor, so they could not afford the highest quality animals. Regardless, God did not approve of these rationalizations. It is preferable to bring fewer offerings of the highest quality than numerous low-quality offerings. By acting as they do, the priests despise God's name. Interesting. Yeah, I don't like that. Me neither. Um, also, weird use of the word despise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rashi on... <laughs> what? I just okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Rashi on Parashit follows a Midrashic reading that connects the two sections of our Haftorah. Yaakov then gave Esau bread and lentil stew. He ate and drank, and he rose and went away. Thus did Esau spurn the birthright. Vayizav Esau et Habichorah. Parashit 2534. Observing that Esau's 
despising of the birthright. Okay, spurning. Spur- despising is like, is like an active like, like hatred. And spurning is just like a kind of turning away from. I feel like. Yeah. Agreed. So, okay, sure, okay. Um, observing that Asav's despising of the birthright, Vayisav Asav, employs the same root word as Malhi's description of the priesthood in his own day, Bozeshmi, Rashi on Bereshi 25, 31, and 34, quotes Midrashim that suggests that Asav rejected his birthright because he did not want to involve, to be involved in the priestly service. Uh, yeah, but it's not like Yaakov was a priest. So yeah. why would Asav be involved in the priestly service? Oh, okay, well, this reading is not Pshad and Bereshit, right? Where the birthright is a far more expansive blessing. However, Rashi's comment links the two sections of our Haftorah. In the first section, Malachi 1, 2-5, God stresses his eternal love for Israel while he has rejected Asav Edom. In the following section, Israel's priests despise God through their deficient offerings, Malachi 1, 6-2-9. By linking the passages, this criticism becomes a subtle threat to Israel. They now are despising God as Asaph did when he sold his birthright to Yaakov. Ah, Eliana. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, anyway, moving on. God rejected Asaph as a result. Similarly, God is outraged at Israel spurning her birthright, the temple sacrificial order. By associating the birthright of Yaakov and Asaph with offerings in the temple, Rashi's Midrashic reading captures Malachi's message that God's loving relationship with Israel is eternal, yet Israel always is accountable to God and the Torah. Okay, God is outraged at Israel. Cool. I feel like, are we comparing God to Asaph? Yeah, that's interesting. That's... Interesting. Also, thank you for continuing. Sorry oh, no about problem. that. Oh, gee. Um, <laughs> unless I'm just like so... Okay, so B'nai Israel are despising God just as Asaph despised the birthright. And then God rejects Asaph as a result. And now God is rejecting... Oh, I guess we're comparing Israel to Asaph. I'm just confused. I feel like it's not like really a parallel, but like... Yeah... Yeah, it seems weird. Like, it seems like a weird way to kind of, I guess, that's how he's tying the Parsha with the Haftorah. But, yeah, yeah, like you're saying, it's not like a parallel. Like, it's not the the same thing. I don't know. Right. Because also, he's like, he, what? Like, Asaph's not rejecting a priesthood. That's not what he's doing. But okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, now we're on um, undoing the priestly blessing? Yep. Okay, thank you. So, undoing the priestly blessing. Unless you obey and unless you lay it to heart and do honor to my name, said the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse and turn your blessings into curses. Indeed, I have turned them into curses because you do not lay it to heart. Malachi 2.2. Abarbanel, Malbim, and Mordechai, Zerkavod identify linguistic ties um, to the priestly blessing throughout this section of Malachi's condemnation of the priesthood. Instead of serving as conduits for divine blessings, the priests begin cursing upon the people. Michael Fishbane summarizes the illusions as presented in the chart below. So, um, if y'all have the book, yeah, now. you can read the chart. So basically, though, it's just highlighting some um, linguistic similarities. I'm sorry, guys. You know, I never have my Hebrew reading skills on hand. Yeah, it's just basing it. It's making comparisons based on the like the whole. 
pre-sleep or something. Exactly. Cool, cool. Israel failing as a light onto the nations. For from where okay, this is a this is a quote from Malachi, one eleven to fourteen. For from where the sun rises to where it sets, my name is honored among the nations, and everywhere incense and pure oblation are offered to my name. For my name is honored among the nations, said the Lord of hosts. But you profane it when you say, The table of the Lord is defiled, and the meat, the food, can be treated with scorn. For I am a great king, said the Lord of hosts, and my name is revered among the nations. With brutal irony, Malachi contrasts other nations revering God and Israel's despising God. Were the pagans in Malachi's time truly serving God? The Talmud, um, Menachot uh, 110a, suggests that even polytheists uh, recognize one main deity over other gods. Unbeknownst to them, this chief deity can be viewed as our god. Rashi of Ezra Rambam um, Guide 136, um, Radak, Barbanel, and Malden accept this general concept as well. Hold well, on. He's kind of that sounds like we're being like, oh, polytheism is not really a Vodazar because they accept one main god above all the others. Yeah, I agree. Like, so what, Zeus is Hashem? Like, what now? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I feel like um, I'm not understanding would... what's happening, but also that just the like, way that I was said. The concept. I get the concept, but, like, yeah, like, you're right, like, it doesn't, it, it goes against, like, the whole point of, like, monotheism. Like, it's like there is the only one god. It's not that there's, like, a bunch of deities, and one of them is, like, god. Like, I don't know. You guys know. You guys know. I know when you heard it, you thought the same thing as us. For so, sure. um, um, okay. Malachi's condemnation reverses the chosen people idea. Israel is supposed to serve God and set an example as a light unto the nations, Yeshayahu 42.6. Instead, pagans are coming closer to God in some, ma- um, in some manner, whereas Israel has failed as a priestly nation, Shemot 19. Fik. The ideal vision for the future of the priesthood. Know then that I have sent this, uh, this charge to you that my covenant with Levi may endure, said the Lord of hosts. I had with him a covenant of life and well-being, which I gave to him, and the reverence which he showed me. For he stood in awe of my name. Proper ruling were in his mouth. Proper rulings were in his mouth, and none um, perverse, and nothing perverse was on his lips. He served me with complete loyalty, and held the many, um, and held the many back from iniquity. From the lips of a priest, um, of a priest guard knowledge, and men seek rulings from his mouth. For he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts, Malachi 2, Psukim 4-7. Rather than stopping with a condemnation of the priesthood, Malachi exhorts them by um, by reminding them of their ideal mission. The tribe of Levi had been faithful to God, dating back to the Golden Calf episode. They were designated as a tribe that would lead the temple worship and serve as the teachers of Israel. Only a generation or two earlier, Yesh- uh, Yeshua was the high priest and and was a faithful servant to God alongside Zerubbabel. Malachi used the expression Ki Malach Hashem um, Tzvahotu um, for he is a messenger of the Lord of hosts. Priests are expected to serve as a bridge between God and Israel, and Israel is to serve as a bridge between God and humanity. When those roles are fulfilled, God's name is sanctified. Chazal extended Malachi's exhortation to the priesthood to all teachers of Israel. Said Rabbi Yochanan, um, Mo'ed Katan 17a, what does the text mean? For the lips of a priest guard knowledge, and men seek rulings from his mouth. For he is a messenger of the Lord of hosts. It means that, if the rabbi is like a messenger of the Lord of hosts, 
they should seek the law at his mouth. But if he is not, they should not seek the law at his mouth. Okay, meaning learn from those who are to be emulated. And don't learn from yeah. those who shouldn't be emulated. The Torah continues. Uh, whoa, nope. The Torah concludes on this note, <laughs> um, reminding all future generations that the Torah demands the highest religious and ethical standards from its representatives. Although prophecy officially ceased with Malachi, the Torah lives on, transmitted by teachers who serve as God's messengers. Okay. Cool. Cool. I honestly liked it. I liked it. I just have issues with the way that he said certain things and, like, the way that things are... It seems like there was an agenda, which is okay. Yeah. But I, I also, I liked, like, I liked his, like, biblical criticism view. I really liked that, but that's, like, my yes. bias. Same, same. Um, and sorry, I left you hanging for a second so that you and the audience know someone was at my door and it was really awkward because <laughs> she thought she was supposed to be doing like a foundation thing and she had my address and she was like, is this your dad? And it was some guy I'd never heard of and it was really awkward, but she was nice <laughs> and Abigail caught my drift when I said, keep going. <laughs> yeah. I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> sorry about that. Oh, gee, it's good. Yeah. Um, okay, guys, let us know in the comment section below at yeah. half Torah, hashtag half Torah, at Koren, hashtag 75% off, code word half Torah, <laughs> what you think about this, and what are your thoughts on Toldo? Yeah. And also Malachi. Wanna... Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and guys, pray for my ankle. Yes, let's let's buy stuff from Koren so we can pray for Eliana. Oh, <laughs> That's the only way. It's the only way. Oh, feel better. Oh, you're poor. Let's fund Eliana new ankles. Okay, oh my god, make a GoFundMe. Okay, I feel like she froze. Algie, I'm gonna just tell you guys, have a great Shabbat, and I hope everyone's doing really well, and why do I sound so jappy when I talk like that? Anyways, okay. Um, love you guys. Thank you for supporting us for so long, and I really hope that this is good. Oh my god, Eliana, are you back? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Bye, guys. We love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Countdown to Shabbat. Any last words, Eliana? No. Okay. No, we're Bye.